Well, welcome to another Take Action with Pastor Keon Henderson. As you can see, I'm not Pastor Keon, uh, but I'm certainly honored to be with you today. I uh, bring you greetings all the way from the Lighthouse Church, the West Campus. Uh, and I'm excited to, to lead that great campus under the leadership of our senior pastor. My name is Damon Hammond, and I'm going to be with you for a few moments today as we talk about a few things that I think is relevant in this time and in this season. So with that, uh, let's have a w- quick word of prayer, and we're going to get right in it. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you've done. And we pray now, God, that you would give us insight, instruction, and God, give us revelation for the days to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm excited again to be with you today, and we're going to talk uh, from a perspective and a conversation today talking about missed opportunities. And for a lot of us, if you can just stop right now, you can think about how you've, in one point in your life, you missed out on an opportunity, and we're going to dive into that. And so we're going to do all things through the Word of God, as we always do. So why don't you turn with me to the book of Matthew? We're going to be in Matthew today, chapter 25. And this is a familiar passage to some who've been in church. And for those that are not, I hope that this passage really inspires you as we talk about missed opportunities. Matthew 25, we're going to start at verse 1, and I'm going to read this in its entirety. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them, the Bible says, were wise, but five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise ladies, they took oil in their vessels with their lamps. It says that the bridegroom tarried, which means bridegroom was a little late coming. And they all, because of the timetable, they started to fall asleep and they were slumbering. But the Bible says at midnight, there was a great cry and behold, the bridegroom was coming. There was an announcement made. And there was time for them to go meet the bridegroom. The bridegroom came. All the virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. They went out to meet the bridegroom. But the foolish, they said, give us some of your oil for we used all our oil up and our lamps are gone out. The wise lady said, not so, lest there not be enough for you and for us. But go ye rather to them that sell oil and buy for yourselves. But while they went out to buy, because they weren't prepared, the bridegroom came in, and the Bible says, uh, after the bridegroom came into the marriage, the door was shut. I want to talk from this, this perspective today about missed opportunities. And again, like you, like me, we all have missed out on opportunities. And so the first thing that's so paramount as you think about how to leverage who you are and what you are and what God has put on the inside of you, the first thing you got to know is that you got to have a plan. And I can think about these ladies. They, there were 10 ladies. Five were called foolish and five were called wise. But let's just take the names away. They all were 10 ladies and they all had a mission of holding uh, and preparing themselves for the bridegroom. They all had an opportunity to have oil in their lamps for whenever the bridegroom was to come. Can you think about that moment right now where you weren't prepared and you missed out? That's what we're talking about today. So what I want you to understand that you can't let what you are uh, assigned to be something that's left out of your life. First thing I want to tell you today, don't let what 
uh, you do distract you from what you have to do. Did you hear me? Don't let what you must do be distracted from what you have to do. I think this is the moment that you got to begin to delineate and separate something you have to do from something that you don't need to do. You got to begin to separate. The Bible talks about uh, that the wheat and the tear must grow together. But there comes a point in time that what's good and what's not so good has to be separated. So what am I saying? That in the important part of not being distracted and not missing out on an opportunity is simply about planning. And this is something that I've had weakness in uh, in my life, uh, a lot of my life, because I'm somebody that's, man, I'm a procrastinator. And it's real funny because I wasn't uh, taught to be a procrastinator. I, I wasn't raised around my father. I met him at 21. And later did I find out in, in, in my life in getting to know my father, he was a procrastinator too. Not even being raised around him, it was something that was passed down uh, in my DNA, if you will, of procrastination. But it is something that I'm, I'm striving for to correct. So plan ahead. Don't let what you're called to do uh, get interfere with what you have to do. Because when you're distracted, a lot of times in planning ahead, the thing that messes up our plans and our destiny are our emotions. If you think about it, these, these ladies, they were... They were all in preparation for the bridegroom to come, but they were waiting. And what happens when you wait a long time? You get tired, you get sleepy, you get lethargic. They all fell asleep. But had they planned ahead like the wise ones, they would have had oil for when the bridegroom came. I want to talk right now about emotions because this is something that I think is paramount for all of us because most of us, if not all of us, Emotions are the things that disrupt our plans. You think about that. You ever, if you're married and you're getting ready to go out on a date and let your spouse say something negative to you, now you don't even want to go. The kids, you're about to take them to Six Flags to the amusement park and you told them to clean their room and you, you thought they were cleaning their room only to find out they've been in there playing all day and now these emotions of disgust and disappointment they cause you to change your plans. I know some of you are typing right now. You're like, that's me. That's my son. That's little Johnny. You're talking about him. That's my wife. That's my husband. Listen, emotions will derail your plans. And most specifically, your emotions are influencers. And we talk about influencers in this culture of social media, but your emotions are influencers in your life. And most specifically, those influencers become distractions. I can think about so many times in my own life, how I've allowed my own emotions, not the emotions that somebody projected on me, distract me, but how my own emotions became my own distraction. Is that you? I know you can't raise your hand. You might be raising your hand, but put that in the chat right now if, if I'm talking to you. So I want to help you today that in your planning process, in, in the process of not missing an opportunity is don't get so emotional. Understand what you can do, but also understand what you can't do. Because if you let your uh, distractors distract you, they will distract and interfere with the plan. And for some of us, we become so anesthetized to not even fulfilling the plan, we just stop. And that's what the enemy wants for your life. He doesn't necessarily want to derail you. He just wants you to stop. 
But I want to declare to you today that you're going to follow these steps and you're going to uh, be progressive in the word of God and declare that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. I thought about emotions from this perspective, and, and a lot of us, we deal with emotions uh, from the highs, the lows, the in-betweens of our life. But unless you're an actor, your emotions don't pay you. <laughs> Can we be honest with ourselves that for some of us, um, we've let our emotions rule our lives. We've let our emotions uh, really dictate to how we live our lives. And again, unless you're an actor, your emotions are not paying for your life. And so I want you to think about how you've let your, your, your emotions work for you and you've been left with paying their paycheck. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? How we can get to a point where our emotions take over us so much that we literally employ our emotions and we're left with the bag. That's not the bag, certainly, that I want to be left with. Some of y'all want the bag of prosperity. You want to carry a good bag. But think about that, how your emotions become detractors and distractors in your life. And today I want you to cancel out every emotions. Emotions, if not checked, will cause you not to plan ahead. You know, if you think about that, if you know it takes an hour to get where you got to go, and you don't feel good, if you don't motivate yourself to get up, wash your face off, put your clothes on, that behavior, those emotions will cause you to be late. You know, there's an old saying that being uh, early is on time and being on time is late. I've had to progress my, my emotions and my attitude to have that mantra about myself that I can't just be on time. I've got to be early because being early is being on time. I thought about this in my, in my reading. There was a tennis star. His name was Andre Agassi. He had a mindset that he, when he was relating to having a tennis match, he understood the importance of not being distracted. So much so that he didn't let anybody touch his tennis balls. <laughs> and when I, when I read that, I was like, wow, what, what was so significant? Because he understood that the least little feeling of how the tennis ball felt to his hand was going to distract him on how he served and ultimately whether he was going to win or lose the match. Something so minute as how the tennis ball felt in his hand would cause him the emotion to be distracted and to possibly lose a match. If that affected him, a tennis ball, can you name and think about how many things in your life, so small, but ultimately had a big price to pay for how you were able to succeed in life. So I talked about planning ahead and, and many of us, we plan ahead, we do things, but how can you move forward in the plan? I wanna talk about what goes in your plan. Number one, you gotta identify your wins. Identify your wins. I think a lot of times we get so caught up on the losses that I count losses as lessons. I count all of my losses. I don't stay there. I don't stay where I am. I count my losses as lessons. So identify not just your lessons or the losses, but identify your wins. Specifically, I want you to think about right now in your life, I want you to think about three wins that God blessed you to have. Now I want you to think about three areas that you need improvement in. If I can relate this to these, these virgins with the oil, if they had a prepared, 
because this was not the first time that a wedding occurred. This was not the first time that they were tasked with having oil. And I'm sure this won't be the last time that they go to another wedding feast. But I guarantee you, because the door was shut on them, they're going to make sure the next time they have oil. So number one, identify your wins. Identify your large three wins. Identify three areas that you need to work. And I want you to put focus on all of those things. Next, I want you to look at and identify how you spend your time throughout your life and most specifically in this year. In this remaining year of 2022, I want you to identify how you're spending your time. And I want you to identify and begin to rationalize within yourself and see, does what I'm planning for align with the goals that I'm setting before? If these young ladies had to set their goals to the point to say, before I go to sleep, my my jars are going to be full. I'm going to have some spare oil ready. So whenever the bridegroom shows up, whether the bridegroom is early, on time, or late, I'm ready. That's how you got to be. I remember my grandfather used to leave me all the time because I never was ready. It created a culture that when over my life, when he said, he said, grandson, it's time to go. Man, I had clothes already ready to go because I knew if I went with my grandfather, he was going to buy me ice cream. Let me tell you, I didn't want to lose out on the ice cream. So I prepared myself that whenever he called, now some days I thought he wasn't going to call me because he was tired. He worked all day, but I still was prepared. You have to prepare no matter what condition you're in. So identify three things that are good and bad and improve on them, but most specifically understand how you spend your time and do they align with your goals. Next, I want you to write down important dates, meetings, deadlines that you have to do this year because if you don't write it down you have nothing to refer back to now in this time they didn't have iPads and iPhones and reminders but they had uh, passports paper and they had ink they could have wrote down that the bridegroom was coming they could have made a list and checked it twice of what they needed to do but just like them you need a plan you need to write down those dates those meetings those deadlines Because let me tell you, it's not just important for you to fulfill the plan of having those identified. It's important for your mental health. Did you hear what I said? It's important for your mental health just as it's important for you to execute the goals. Why? Because if you get to a point where you're like me and procrastinate and now you're crunched, your mind is all over the place. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Am I going to fail? If I don't do this correctly, am I going to get fired? All these emotions will cause anxiety, they'll cause stress, and stress and anxiety in your body, even though it's a mental, sometimes capacity, it can have physical harm. So it can cause harm if you don't plan and prioritize. So this is something that I've learned. Uh, My background is corporate America, and I want to leave you with this because this is something that I think will help you as it relates to not just planning, but goal setting. So set clear goals, set clear goals. There are so many people you will succeed in life to the fullest if you just set a clear goal. Some people say, I want to do real estate. But what part of setting a goal don't you understand? You might want to do real estate, but setting the goal means I got to go to real estate school. I can't just sign up and say, this is going to be the plan. I got to take the courses. I got to pass the exam. And once you do that and get your license, then you got to go out and get listings. So you got to set goals. And listen, the goal cannot just be so broad and so expansive. You got to set goals along the way. Targets, if you will. So after you meet those targets, again, now you can document and say to yourself and encourage yourself, I succeeded. 
I made it that far. I took the test. Now I have my license. So this is what something, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I want you to start doing smart goals for your life. Smart goals. These, these women, uh, if they were smart, uh, they would have had smart goals. They would have identified these things. Here's some examples of smart goals, and I, I believe in acronyms. So I'm going to take the word smart and I'm going to break it down. A smart goal is something that's specific to your mission, to your plan, to your desire, to your destiny. It has to be specific to that. You, may, again, may want to do real estate, but do you want to do home, uh, personal home, real estate, commercial? Do you want to do lending? Do you want to do uh, new homes, used homes, or uh, a combination of all? But it must be specific. That's a SMART goal. The M out of SMART is measurable. And this, whoo, this is a place where a lot of us need a lot of help because I believe in data. And anything that cannot be measured cannot be held accountable. And you've got to begin to measure not only your progress, but you've got to also hold yourself accountable to what you've done and also the things that you need improvement for. So is it measurable? Can you say, uh, can you be honest with yourself and have that testimony? If it had not been for the Lord on my side, I don't know where I can be, what I would be. You have that testimony because it's measurable. If God hadn't came into your life when he did, you would be somewhere else. For some of us, we'd be in poverty. For some of us, some of us, we would, would be in a, in a mental disaster. For some of us, uh, we would just be all over the place. But we have a measurable result because God came into our life. The A out of SMART is attainable. I think a lot of us need to have this mindset that there are some goals that for right now, they're out of our reach. I want you to think about something right now that you can set as a goal and that you can get within the next six months. Because there are some goals that are five years, 10 years, 20 years. But think about a goal that you can get very quickly. The R is for relevant. Does it even make sense to have this as a goal? There are some things on your list right now. You, you pulled out your tablet, you pulled out your pad, you pulled out your journal, and I can bet you that something out of your list of 10 is not even relevant to the destiny that God has for you. You got to begin to discern and begin to understand what God has for you and rule out everything that's not relevant in this season. And lastly, you got to commit yourself to the time that it takes to have the goal. If these young ladies had prepared, knowing that the bridegroom was coming, they would have done everything it took to have the oil in place. In my closing, I want you to think about this, that for a lot of us that are watching today, we sometimes get in a, in a mode of comparison because we think about somebody else's goal, somebody else's plan, somebody's destiny. And we think of that because we're not where we want to be yet. And we don't have everything we need yet. And we try to, to live life in a world of perfection. But let me tell you, progression is not perfection. Progression is better than perfection. Why? Because uh, you can think of it as a stream. A stream is flowing and the water is going over the rocks. But a stream that's strong flowing over rocks, it passes over the rocks. But I can take a drip, a single drip that's coming out your faucet, and I can put a rock underneath that single drip that's dripping every so many seconds. Do you not know over time that single drip has more power to erode that rock than the stream with all its force? I want you to think about that for your life. 
that your progression, just you putting yourself to the plan, has more power, more authority, more ability than the grandiose thing that you think you can do. So have progression. Don't get caught up and stuck on perfection. Things are not going to go well. Understand that, but just keep moving. Stop multitasking. <laughs> Man, that's something that I had to get delivered because there are studies that say the more you multitask, something's going to get dropped. I want you to focus. I want you to have laser focus on what's important. If these ladies would have been focused on the importance that the bridegroom was coming, they would have had their oil prepared and ready. They would have had their garments ready. And when the bridegroom came, they would have heard the announcement. They would have been in there turning up with everybody else. But instead, when they thought they could go borrow from somebody else, they did not have that opportunity. I want you to understand in this moment that what you've been called to and what God has placed on the inside of you is for you. And it's not dependent on what somebody else has or what they can do for you because God is empowering you to do it all by yourself. You might think that multitasking is something that you're strong in, but let me tell you, there's going to be something that's going to get missed. There's going to be something that's not going to get accomplished. I want you to have laser focus and focus on what you need to do. So identify your time. Think about, are you a morning person? These ladies, they knew they was going to get sleepy. Maybe they should have took a nap. They would have been ready. Maybe they shouldn't have eaten before it was time because that got them sluggish. So identify who you are. Embrace who you are. So you got to know what's going to trigger you. You got to know what's going to cause you to be the best version of you. Are you a morning person? Are you not? Are you a night person? Some of us work better at night. Identify who you are and embrace that and go with that. But also identify what you need and who you need to help you get where you need. Maybe you can't concentrate because of all these distractions, but it's my prayer, just like when you're hungry or hangry, as they say, that you don't let what you're hungry after become a distraction. Don't let what you're aspiring to be and to become become your distraction, but you'll have laser focus, that you'll have a goal, that you'll obtain it and be who God has called you to be. I want you to think about your emotions in this moment and I want you to begin to just release them because these ladies who missed their opportunity of being in the presence of the bridegroom and specifically at the wedding feast, can you imagine the emotion of missing out on this opportunity? This could have been the wedding of the century. Now, let me tell you, I just went to the wedding of the century. Our pastor got married. It was phenomenal. I mean, four days of amazing events. How do you think I would have felt if I missed that opportunity because of something I did as a technicality? And let me tell you, I almost missed it. Me and my wife, we almost missed it. But we prepared. We planned. And almost because of a technicality, we almost were not able to go. But thanks be to God, God ordered our steps and orchestrated the plan. And lastly, I'm going to leave you with this. There are some times when your plan fails that God's plans override. Aren't you glad that we serve a God of grace and mercy that when your plans fail, God says, I'm going to take your plan, put it in my plan, and I'm going to overrule all the effects of the world 
all the negative effects of the enemy, all the effects of your own emotions, God has a way. And I love the way he does it. Aren't you glad that God works like that? I'm so glad I was able to obtain and to go to this fabulous wedding and to celebrate our leader just like that. But we almost missed our opportunity because we didn't plan out the time. We didn't consider what we needed to do because we were being last minute. I, should, I don't want you to be last minute in this moment. This is, your, this is your moment to start that business. This is your moment to really accept love and to embrace love and to move into this relationship that you've been wanting, been wanting to have. I don't want you to miss this moment because of your walls. I want you to, I want you to embrace. Let your emotions go and walk into it. Listen, I hope this has been good for you tonight. Uh, And I hope you were blessed by this, that you will move from missing opportunities to gaining opportunities because there is somebody that has your name uh, in their mouth. There, There are tables that your name is being talked about. There are opportunities and positions that your name is being talked about. There's somebody that's talking about you saying, yeah, I've been looking at her. I've been looking at him and they're the one. I don't want you to miss this moment. And I believe that there are moments and opportunities just like this that when we have a position and the ability to put seed in the ground, the Bible says that as long as the earth shall remain, there shall be seed time and harvest. This is your opportunity that you can get a seed in the ground. Let me be a witness that I'm reaping at 46 years old, the benefits and the harvest of some seeds that I planted 20 years ago. Now, at the same time, there's some seeds I planted this year that I've already gotten to harvest. And I want you to connect right now. The information is on the screen. Whatever your gift is, there's no gift too big, too small, but I want you to get your seed in the ground. It's a must. It is a necessity because I believe through this seed right now, I want you to touch and agree with me. Bible says where two or three are gathered and agreeing on anything, he is in the midst. I want you to put a name on your seed. I want you to put a name on it right now, whatever you're sowing for, that business, for your relationship to turn around, for your family dysfunction to stop, whatever the case may be, put a name on your seed. And this name on your seed is going to open up opportunities for you. Do you believe that? I believe it with you. Can I pray over your seeds? All right. Our Father God, we thank you today, God, for all these seeds. God, we declare and decree even now that the seeds we have put in the ground this day, we declare that we're going to reap a harvest. God, some onefold, some tenfold, some 30, some 60, and even some a hundredfold. God, we declare right now that we're going to open ourselves up to many opportunities and less missed opportunities because we're going to set a plan. We're going to set a goal. And we're going to plant a seed. Not many days hence, we will see a harvest. Listen, I hope you enjoyed this. I know I'm not Pastor Keon, but I hope you enjoyed this great message. Continue to pray for our leader. Continue to support the Lighthouse Church. Connect with us, and we'll see you real soon. God bless.